Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, Raider Nation, and welcome to another edition of the Believe in Raiders podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dennis Ackerman. On Tuesday, Raiders General Manager Mike Mayock met with the media, and he hit on a variety of topics, including the team's approach to free agency, quarterback Derek Carr, offensive lineman Trent Brown, and the upcoming 2021 drafts. Now, Raider Nation, I'm not sure if you're aware, but there's a lot of spring football being played at the Division II or FBS level, whatever you want to call it. But a handful of these guys, if not more of these players, are going to be in the NFL next season. There's 29 games this weekend, and you can find them all at betonline.ag. Now, you might not remember this, But Deion Sanders is the head coach at Jackson State now. And Saturday, they head to Louisiana to face the Grambling Tigers. Jackson State is a 10-point favorite on the road. Now to see who else is playing this weekend, head to betonline.ag. The website has game spreads, totals to team, player, and coaching props. BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And then there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's BetOnline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. So Raiders GM Mike Mayock met with the media for nearly 30 minutes earlier this week, and he talked about a handful of topics. And I'm going to start with quarterback Derek Carr. Now, since the season ended, the Raiders have been linked to Deshaun Watson and to Russell Wilson, whose agent listed the silver and black as one of his four desired destinations, along with the New Orleans Saints, Dallas Cowboys, and Chicago Bears. If, and that's a big if, the Seahawks chose to trade him. Now, despite all those rumors, Mayock is standing by Carr. Just listen to what he had to say about Derek. That's crafty wording right there. I give you credit. (laughs) You're you're a wordsmith right there. That was well done. Uh, Obviously, I can't talk about anybody else's players, so I won't. I'll just talk about Derek, and I'm going to tell you the same thing I've told you guys the last couple of years, which is, I think Derek Carr had his best year yet under John Gruden. Uh, I, I think he's one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL, and we couldn't be happier with him. And I tell you every year, I mean, we evaluate every position every year. I have no idea who, can, who, who might call me or who might not call me. So you have to do the evaluations both on your own players and every other player in the league. 
and you got to stack your boards and understand what league value is all around the league. And we do that. But if you're asking me about Derek, I mean, I think John and I would both stand shoulder to shoulder and pound the table for Derek Carr. Now, Carr's coming off a season in which he set career highs in passing yards and passer rating. He threw 27 touchdowns and just nine interceptions for a Raiders team that finished 500. But at one point, as you know, the Raiders were 6-3 and three before another late-season swoon. Now, Carr has two years remaining on his five-year, $125 million extension he signed back in 2017. Despite the rumors and Wilson's camp saying the Raiders are on a short list of teams he would accept a trade to, when training camp opens in late summer, I expect Derek Carr to be the Raiders' starting quarterback. Now, if Russell Wilson did become available, I mean, it would likely cost the Raiders a pretty penny to acquire him. I mean, I think you're looking at sending Carr to Seattle, plus this year's first-round draft pick, and then two future number ones as well. That's a lot of assets, and I'm not sure Mayock or Gruden would be willing to part with that much, although Wilson is a top-five quarterback in the league and a future Hall of Famer. Now, as far as Watson goes, I think it would take the same amount of assets to pry him away from the Texans. But here's the difference. I don't think Wilson is going anywhere. But it's hard to say what's going to happen in Houston. I mean, the Texans say they refuse to trade Watson, and he says there's no way he'll play for them again. Now, we all know the Raiders' biggest need is to upgrade the defense. But I think another interesting piece of the puzzle is the offensive line. Now, ESPN NFL reporter Josina Anderson is reporting that the Raiders are going to release starting guard Gabe Jackson, which would clear up nearly $10 million in cap space. Jackson played all 16 games last year after dealing with a rash of injuries the previous three seasons. Here's what Mayock had to say about the report when asked about it. Yeah, Jerry, there's really nothing I can tell you at this point. Uh, you know, all the Raider business is going to stay with the Raiders. And when it comes time to announce a transaction, we will. Uh, I'm a big believer that all those things should be handled between the team and the player. And therefore, I can't confirm or deny anything. So let's just say the Raiders do release Jackson. That means they would be looking for a starting right guard. Then you have Richie Incognito at left guard, who's not only 37 years old, but he played just two games last year before suffering a season-ending Achilles injury. Now, he's scheduled to make $5 million, but it's non-guaranteed. But, I mean, if the Raiders do keep him, I mean, how much can you really expect out of him? Denzel Good, who filled in everywhere on the O-line early in the season, and then eventually took over at left guard for Incognito. Now, he's a free agent, and I would really like to see the Raiders bring him back and make him the starter at left guard. And then finally, there's the $14 million question. What to do with starting right tackle Trent Brown? That's how much money he's scheduled to make next season. And there's no dead money. That's very key. There's no dead money if they release him. In two seasons with the Raiders, he's appeared in half the games. And in two of those games, he played less than 10 snaps. 
GM Mike Mayock, he didn't offer up the same amount of praise for Brown like he did for Carr earlier. Yeah, Trent's whole thing is when he's when he's healthy, in shape, and ready to go, he's as dominant as any tackle in football. And he proved that early in the 2019 season. Since then, it's been kind of a roller coaster. So really what he needs to do, I think more than anything, is get himself in the best shape of his life and come out ready to prove that he is a dominant tackle in the National Football League. And and really that's all it takes. If 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 Trent gets in shape and stays committed, there's there's not a better talent out there. He's under contract and Again, we believe in the talent of that player. And uh, there'd be nothing finer than, you know, have Trent Brown at right tackle protecting Derek Carr next year, week one. Uh, But the jury's out, and we still have to make some decisions on our roster in general. Well, like I said, not exactly a ringing endorsement for Trent Brown. All right, let's just say the Raiders release Gabe Jackson and they don't re-sign Denzel Good. I mean, that leaves the O-line that looks like this. Colton Miller at left tackle. Richie Incognito at left guard. Rodney Hudson at center, who's one of the best in the business. And then a hole to fill at right guard. If that's the case, then I find it very hard to fathom the Raiders would release Brown because they would be looking at replacing two starters on the right side of the offensive line. Plus, you're going to rely on a 37-year-old left guard who's coming off an Achilles injury? No way. Not going to happen. I think in a perfect world, the Raiders re-sign good to play left guard alongside Colton Miller, and Trent Brown comes into camp in shape and ready to play. And then you only have one hole to fill, And you can do it either through the draft or free agency. Now, it's no secret the Raiders didn't get a lot of production in 2020 from either their draft class or free agent class. Wide receiver Nelson Aguilar was the most productive free agent, but he signed a one-year deal and likely played himself into a rich, fat contract somewhere else. Rookie wide receiver Henry Ruggs III, now he showed some flashes of why the Raiders made him the First receiver selected in a wealthy wideout class, but certainly not enough to justify being the 12th overall pick in the draft. When asked about the approach to the draft and free agency, Mayock said we have to be better and we also need to get our young secondary to step up. I want us to be really solid. I want us to make good decisions both in free agency and the draft. Um, you know, the free agency thing is different this year. And you guys talk about the salary cap all the time, I'm sure. If, if you go back two years and say, where was the cap going to be this coming season? The answer would have been plus, plus or minus $225 million. And we're looking at 180 today. It's simple math. So the reality is every team in the league is going through conversations like never before as far as what's the best composition of your locker room. Uh, where do we have to make moves? How do we make those moves? And to me, it always just goes back to you got to be really good in the draft and you got to build your team through the draft. And we've got to be, I think, smarter in free agency, better in free agency. Uh, and we've got to complement that with a really solid draft. Yeah, I think, you, obviously, I think every team's self aware. 
You know, what are our needs? How do you go about it? Can you fix some of them in free agency? If so, it's a little bit easier to target the draft. Um, so when you go into the draft, I, th I think the, the key to the draft is taking good football players every round. And it's, that oversimplifies it. Uh, but if you use some common sense and, and you've got an offensive player and a defensive player that are graded approximately in that same range, uh, and, and maybe that defensive player fits a need, well, let, let's go get them. Uh, the flip side of that is if you're on the board in the third or fourth round or wherever, and there's an offensive player that's sticking out like a sore thumb because his grade is significantly higher than any of the defensive needs. I, I think you dilute the overall talent of your team if you don't take that offensive player. So really, I think it comes down to just trying to have as, the most thorough understanding that you can of where the, the strengths and weaknesses of the draft are understand what league value is, and then try to have a little ability to move up and down the board, trade up, trade down, and try to take advantage of it to the best you can. I think in the draft this year, you know, as you said, we've, we've expanded some resources in our secondary. You know, we've, we've got a, a first-round safety in John Abram. We've got a second-round corner, uh, and it, who it, we think is going to be a very good football player. Uh, we've got a fourth round corner and a meek Robinson, another first round corner, uh, and Damon Arnett, you know, and we mentioned Trayvon Mullen in the second, who we think is going to be a heck of a player. So really, um, what we need more than anything is for all those players to take it up a notch or two. And I'm talking about commitment to the game, work ethic, perseverance, being in the locker room, working with your brothers, all those things are critical. We've expended some draft capital on what, what we think are some very talented players. Uh, and, and now all of them need to take a collective step forward. So the draft this year, again, we know we need to get better on defense, and we're going to make uh, we're going to get after it, trying to get better on defense, both in free agency and the draft. But I couldn't tell you today where we're, where we're going to be on any defensive backs. So we all know the Raiders' number one priority is to find a pass rusher. They ranked 29th in the league in sacks, and most of those were by Max Crosby, who has 17 in his first two seasons. Clee Farrell? Now, he's probably never going to be the sack artist the Raiders envisioned when they made him the fourth pick in the draft a few years ago. Carl Nassib? He was one of those free agent whiffs, head scratcher, and Arden Key? He's a draft bust. Keep saying hopefully his scholarship is over. So with the 17th overall pick, who are some of the guys the Raiders could possibly be looking at? How about Michigan's Quiddy Pay, Miami's Gregory Rousseau, and Georgia's Aziz Ojolari? Hopefully one of those guys would be just what the doctor ordered. The Raiders also need a veteran presence in their secondary who can show these young guys what it takes to be an everyday professional football player. I don't care if it's a safety or cornerback. It doesn't matter. Bring in a leader to help influence these young corners, Damon Arnett, Trayvon Mullen, and Isaiah Johnson. Even if you bring in a free agent corner, Arnett and Mullen are still going to play a lot because so many teams use three wide receiver sets. Move Arnett to a slot corner. He's young. He can learn. He's got a lot to learn, actually. 
You know, I'm not sure if last year was an aberration because of COVID-19, wiping out OTAs, part of training camp, you had no preseason games, or the Raiders just completely whiffed on most of their new additions. Either way, they're going to need more production from second-year players as well as those free agent signings who are coming back. I thought linebacker Nick Kwiatkowski actually played pretty well. I mean, I know the bar has been set kind of low with the Raiders' recent linebacker history, but he did lead the team in tackles despite the fact he missed four games. Corey Littleton, I mean, I thought the timing when they signed him, he was going to be the best free agent. Well, turns out he had the worst season of his career. He failed to register a sack, forced fumble, or interception. And how bad was Carl Nassib? He was a healthy scratch twice. Paid him a lot of money for two and a half sacks in 14 games. The Raiders' 2020 draft class consisted of seven players. Wide receiver Henry Ruggs catches 26 passes for 452 yards and a couple of touchdowns. But as I preached all of last season, John Gruden has to do a better job of getting him more involved in the offense. Get him the ball in space, and let's see this great speed. Run more jet sweeps for him. How about some quick slants? Some wide receiver screens. He's a threat to take it to the house every time he touches the ball, so get him more touches. How about Damon Arnett? Well, according to Pro Football Focus, he finished as the fourth worst rookie from the 2020 first round class. And out of 126 qualifying cornerbacks, Arnett ranked 118th by Pro Football Focus. Those are not the kind of numbers you want to see from one of your first-round picks. Wide receiver Brian Edwards, who the coaching staff raved about in training camp. I mean, he began the season as a starter, but was replaced by Aguilar after he got hurt in week three. And he didn't see the field much after he got healthy. And then they traded third-round wide receiver Lynn Bowden Jr. to the Miami Dolphins before the season even started. Linebacker Tanner Muse, another Clemson product, spent the entire season on injured reserve with a broken foot. And then rounding out the class, offensive guard John Simpson started two games, and nickelback Meek Robertson he didn't see the field much, and that was probably a good thing because he simply looked overmatched and not ready. You look at that lack of overall production from so many players, and you wonder sometimes how the Raiders even finish 500. All right, Raider Nation, uh, I want to talk to you now about our newest sponsor. And I've let you know that that's eBay over the last couple of podcasts. Whether rare dead stock or the latest release, find the exact shoe you're looking for. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to cop the pair you have been eyeballing. With eBay's authenticity guarantee, your sneakers are meticulously inspected by independent professional authenticators. A team of experienced sneaker authenticators verify the box, logo, stitching, and dozens of other inspection points as well. Each sneaker also receives an authenticity guarantee tag 
that includes a digital stamp of authenticity. And it also protects sellers with a verified return process. And for sneaker sellers out there, eBay has eliminated selling fees on sneakers of $100 plus, making it free, keyword free, to sell or flip your collection. Go to ebay.com slash sneakers today. eBay, the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selections. All right, Raider Nation, that's going to do it for this edition of the Believe in Raiders podcast. I'm Dennis Ackerman. Thanks so much for listening, and may all your punts find the coffin or not. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.